Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I was about uh, a dozen days into my vacation when I got an email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, and all it said was, where the hell are you? And I had to check. I was somewhere in the middle of someplace in the northwest of the uh, of the continent. Hello, everybody. We're back with uh, the show. Thank you to Andrew Lawton for the last two weeks taking care of things, and it has been a, an incredible vacation. Really has been. Uh, it was wonderful. I'm waiting for the bills to come in now. But made my way across Canada to British Columbia and visited with uh, two cousins I haven't seen for get this now 57 years. We were little kids in Europe the last time we saw each other, and um, sort of recognized each other. But they're wonderful people. They're going to join me for a few minutes tomorrow. And then down through Washington State, across Oregon into Idaho, down Idaho into Nevada, and across Nevada some, well, 100 miles, into Wendover, Utah, for the Bonneville Salt Flats Race Week. And an uh, old high school buddy of mine was running the car that he's built. I hadn't seen him for many years. So uh, they're going to join me as well. That is something else there at the Salt Flats. Holy smokes. Some of those cars hit over 400 miles an hour. 400 Miles an hour. Scott Newark joins me, a former Alberta Crown attorney and who knows that area of the world extremely well. We're going to talk about Cotter in a couple of minutes, but uh, that's uh, 400 miles an hour. is just slightly less than they'll tolerate in, uh, you know, than in, uh, in Montana. Eh? Well, you know, we're a forgiving people uh, out west. That's uh, sort of the way that we were. Uh, I used to drive that uh, route. Uh, from Alberta back to uh, to Ontario uh, frequently. It's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's, a, it's outstanding. It is incredible. And uh, so on the way home, when I was in, a, in, in Utah, my idea then was to just go east and wind up in Detroit and get across the border there. And But they were talking tornadoes, so I decided I'd double back and, and ended up driving up through Idaho. In, nothing's more boring than somebody else's vacation, but there's a point here. <laughs> so so uh, I, I went into Montana, and I went north, uh, south-north in Montana into Alberta. And the speed limits are 75 in Washington State, and the rest of the states, it's 80 miles an hour is the speed limit, so 130 on the kilometer scale. And at 80 miles an hour, Scott, I was a moving chicane. 
I was a problem. As people were going around me, I've got a pretty fast car. People were going around me like I was standing still. So, Did you have Ontario license plates? I still do. Well, there you go. That's part of the reason why they were passing you by. Yeah, you think they knew? They even know what Ontario is in Montana? I would think so. Yeah. Probably left wing, you know. Well, so here I am in this uh, one area, mountainous uh, area of Montana, and it's a divided four-lane highway, really divided, and in the median is a state trooper. That's the only cop I saw on the whole trip that I was aware of. And I'm doing 105 miles an hour, so 190 kilometers an hour in my car, which is right about there. It's starting to get comfortable, that car is. And I saw the cop, and I thought, oh, my God, here we go. He's going to grab me. And nothing. He never moved. Nothing. So a little while later, when I was filling up gas, I mentioned it to the guy at the gas station. And he had one of these uh, Stetsons on, and he looked at me, and he said, this is the West. I didn't know. I didn't know what he meant, but then he said, "You know, we didn't have speed limits here for, and they didn't for most uh, most of the existence of roads in Montana. Only the last few years they've had speed limits." And he said, uh, "Essentially, if you're not uh, if you're not driving crazy on the road, that's what he the word he used, then they're going to leave you alone." Well, except that they probably uh, got that uh, on uh, video and have uh, oh, I see. processed it. You'll be uh, a letter in the mail. Charges uh, soon. Yeah, see, the letter in or the mail. This, uh, phone <laughs> I should not have admitted this on the radio, should I? No, not at all, Ralph. Uh, anyway, it was a it was a terrific time, and uh, I uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it, and I needed that time off. So. Anyhow, Omar, come back, and Omar Cotter's in the Guess news. What? He's back in the news. He's yeah. back in the news. Uh, he wants to be a nurse. He's been accepted into a nursing program in Alberta. He's got ten and a half million bucks, or he's probably got half of that, and the lawyer's got the other half. Mm. But uh, he's in the news because he wants to have his bail conditions loosened up so he can visit yeah. with his sister, who has no apparent um, affection for this country and seemed to be quite happy at the events of 9-11. And, uh, and then there's more over the last couple of days. We find out that the Privy Council investigators, and the Privy Council represents the Prime Minister, Monsieur Trudeau, the Privy Council investigators are looking into whoever the whistleblower was who made it possible for the rest of us to find out that Cotter had uh, was received the $10.5 million infusion into his bank account. And apparently, from what I gather, they're going to punish this whistleblower. And I think it's time for the rest of us in this country to say that whistleblower did us a service. Well... Start with the uh, the whistleblowing because at the time that this was uh, originally released, there was definitely speculation that in fact it was being leaked by the government. Uh, and if you remember, it was actually uh, made public on uh, July the fourth, right? Um, and so for uh, for the first little while about that, there was definitely speculation that in fact this was something that the government had uh, decided that it wanted the political arm of government. I mean, right. Um, you know, wanted to control the messaging of it, and this is the way that they had uh, done it. And if you remember, uh, this was also relevant uh, because of the timing of the uh, agreement and the transfer of the funds, that there was a uh, suggestion subsequently that, in fact, it was being done very quickly so that Cotter would be able to transfer the money so that the uh, uh, his victims uh, in the United States would not be able to in effect, try to get an enforcement of the civil judgment they've got against Yeah, Christopher Spears, yeah. widow, and... Um, Tabitha and, uh, yeah, Lane Morris. Lane Morris. And um, that 
seems to have changed somewhat, but uh, you never know. Uh, in Ottawa, the uh, investigation might turn out that it's uh, looking in a mirror. Well, you know, if if it is, then uh, then we have reason to be doubly cynical. But if it isn't, if they are actually going after somebody, and if they actually find somebody, I want them to know, at least from my perspective as one taxpayer, I don't want whoever that is to be punished because that whoever that is, whoever the whistleblower may be, if there is one, uh, that whistleblower did all of us a service. Well, yeah, I uh, I, I think that has probably taken over uh, uh, that particular message as well too. Is that a lot of people are saying. You know, um, okay, we understand that as the government you have the right to make those kinds of decisions about whether to make a settlement or an issue an apology. Um, and, you know, they're based on the, the government's priorities and principles. But the rest of us have a right to know why you're doing that. Um, I wrote a piece actually on this, as you know. Uh, in, in fact, much of the debate took place on your show over the years with uh, Cotter's original uh, U.S. Navy lawyer, Bill Keebler. All right. Um, I had some involvement in some of the discussions with him, and um, the notion that somehow you know the Canadian government uh, misconducted itself in its interactions with Qatar to some horrible extent, I think is absolute nonsense. And I think Canadians um, have a right to know why the government did what it did. And as I say, I wrote a fairly detailed piece. It's on uh, the Frontline Security Magazine uh, website going through that, uh, because, as I say, the government has the right to make that kind of a decision, but I think the rest of us have a right to know why they did it. Yeah, well, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk some more with uh, Scott Newark. He uh, joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network, former Alberta Crown Attorney, past Executive Director of the Ontario Office for Victims of Crime and the Canadian Police Association. He's also an adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University for the master's program course in balancing civil rights with ensuring public safety and national security. So more on the Cotter developments. He wants to be a nurse. He's been accepted into a nursing program. I'm not sure if I believe that. Not that he hasn't been accepted, but I'm not sure that he wants to be a nurse. He's got at least five or six million bucks. Anyway, we'll talk to Scott about what is likely to happen as far as the attempts to change the conditions of Cotter's bail are concerned, and then the uh, what could happen to a whistleblower if there is a whistleblower, and the feds say there is, what could happen to that person? Because I don't want anything to happen to them other than we should know who they are so we can thank them. We'll come right back. You listen to Green. Green. You might turn red. red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. At the top down and uh, playing this tune, among others, but this tune was hammering away in the car. And, yeah, I was singing along. There are times when it's best that the microphone is off. Beautiful country that we have, Canada, fabulous country. Three days took me to get out of Ontario. I don't mean that way to get out of Ontario, but you know, to get out of Ontario. Took me three days to drive out of the province. And then uh, into Manitoba, where gasoline was 88 cents a liter. 
and to Saskatchewan. I love Saskatchewan. It's a beautiful place. Um, Saskatchewan, I think it was about 90, 91 cents a liter. Then I got into Alberta, where it's supposed to be less expensive, because after all, um, we can make the stuff, and right? I mean, you make you make it. It's available in the ground. So I don't know why it got more expensive from the ground in Alberta to the gas pumps in Alberta, but it did. And then BC, you know, carbon tax, right? And then BC, of course, it was. It was expensive out there for the uh, gasoline. Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney, is with me, uh, Alberta Crown Attorney and uh, adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University for the master's program course, Balancing Civil Rights with Ensuring Public Safety and National Security. Is Cotter Finn anywhere there? Is he taking the course? No, no, no. no, I don't mean that. Does he fit into that equation? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, uh, yes, and in, in particular this latest uh, uh, entry into the news again, because it's a little complicated, as is everything with Omar Khadr and the Khadr family, but um, essentially uh, after he was transferred uh, back to Canada and, uh, and he pled guilty in uh, 2010 and in the agreement uh, admitted to the facts and also said that he would not appeal the uh, sentence, which he, uh, he got, he was transferred back to Canada, um, and um, was in Canada. He pursued a change in his status out of federal custody into provincial custody. It was a detail in the International Transfer of Offenders Act, the legislation that got him back here. He did it correctly, you know, by, uh, go- by going through the legal process. That's one of the complaints lots of us have had is that the Cotters always seem to think that they're above the law. Uh, but he got uh, transferred into provincial custody, and then in uh, 2015, he never applied for parole, which is odd. But because he was eligible back in uh, 20, the end of uh, 2013, but he uh, stayed, and then he he filed an appeal against his conviction in the United States, and then applied for bail, and he went through the legal process, and uh, you know a court uh, granted him bail, and he's had the uh, conditions on the uh, the bail order change a couple of times, and just this last week it was announced that he was seeking uh, much more uh, significant changes, and the one that got everybody's attention, as you mentioned was the fact that he uh, wants to get rid of the clause. Right now it says that uh, there is very uh, strict restrictions on how he can communicate with his elder sister, Zainab Cotter, who is uh, notorious for her extremist Islamic views and support of uh, attacks on America. Um, and she was the face of a lot of the uh, contacts of the Cotter family with the most serious mm-hmm. senior leaders of al-Qaeda, uh, and that's one of the conditions that uh, Omar Khadr now wants to have uh, so, reduced. So now his lawyer says it was the Crown that wasn't ready to proceed, and that's why the... Uh, interesting. Yeah, and that's why it was adjourned. So that I found that very interesting as well. Do you believe that? And if it is true, why wouldn't the Crown be ready? That's a very good question. I mean, I, I'd like to even know, generally speaking, I mean, if the... This is a, you can, uh, if you're on a, uh, if you're appealing a conviction or sentence, you can ask for bail under our criminal code, which right. is what it was originally done on. That's normally conducted by provincial prosecutors, uh, or real prosecutors as we call them, who handle all the criminal code stuff. The federal Department of Justice now has a prosecutor's office, director of public prosecutions, and they might work together, but you would have thought that they would work these details 
out up front to be ready for this. Because I'll tell you something, one of the things that sort of caught my attention, one of the reasons why he says he wants to uh, change the bail conditions is because he, uh, his sister Zainab is coming back from Sudan, where she's with her fourth husband, um, and uh, she's coming back to Canada. Well, my question would be, how do you know that? If you're that's not a great, that's, a, that's a very good question, isn't it? Pardon me? That's a very good question. Well, and you know what? I read his affidavit. Yeah. There's no reference in the affidavit, for example, that he had conversations with his sister according to the conditions set out by the court. So does that mean he's breached his bail orders? And is it perhaps the fact that maybe there's a realization of that, and so this thing is getting punted down the road? That's very interesting. That's you know really what? interesting. It, it actually is. And um, yeah. to, I, I want to be as fair about this as I can. This is our legal system. The rule of law prevails. There were some comments uh, when this story broke that, oh, you know, Justin Trudeau should be intervening and objecting to being released. That's nonsense. Okay, we don't need politicians interfering in individual cases. We live by the rule of law. But he did. Actually, I think Mr. Trudeau had exactly the right response. His comment or his response when asked about that was that he had confidence in the justice system. That's the correct answer. No, no, when he said uh, that it would have cost maybe more, maybe $20 million, he inserted himself into the case. No, I know what you are, yeah. yeah. So give me about, about, Scotty. frankly, is the way that the politicians intervene, and I suspect if we ever get to know the truth, that that, that is a, a big part of why that deal and the uh, okay. payoff was made. Give me this in about 30 seconds. If there's a whistleblower and if they find the whistleblower, what are the options as far as if they decide to punish, what can they do? Well, there'll, there'll certainly be employment issues that you, they would have breached uh, empl- employment protocols about releasing information. Depending on the nature of the information, yeah. it could be a violation of federal statutes, the Security of Information Act. There are all sorts of potential things, but if they are able to identify a person or persons that were involved in leaking the information, there will be consequences. And there could be criminal charges. Uh, it's under a different statute, but it's a federal... T- if, it, if it fits the criteria of the information that was released, potentially yes. Not okay. criminal, but under the Security of Information Act. Thank you, Scott. All right. Good talking to you Welcome always. Welcome back. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney. So, yeah, that's very interesting, isn't it? How would Cotter know his sister's coming back? They're not supposed to have the, that type of communication anyway. But when it comes to the whistleblower, the person or persons who made it possible for us to know that Carter received $10.5 million, feds are now going after that person or persons, and they have the option to take them to court and charge them and, probably, and, and, and certainly probably fire them. How do you say certainly and probably in the same sentence, Green? 800-263-2428 is my number. 800-263-2428. Here's the question I have for you. Let me ask you this one. Are you still upset about the $10.5 million? Because my guess was that people would forget over a period of time. Are you still upset about that? Is it enough to make you remember that Trudeau gave him $10.5 million and punished Trudeau in 2019? 1-800-263-2428. And as far as the whistleblower is concerned, should that person or should those persons be fired? Or should we say, thank you, 800-263-2428?